Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop. And this is all things church life for Fellowship Bible Church. I'm Mark Francis in the host seat once again. And we have been in a little series here of our Fellowship Family episodes of talking about the different ministries here at church and how in the fall, man, everything just seems to launch. School starts and everything opens up. So um, I have some special guests with me here today to be able to chat about kids. Um, kids are fun, right? I love, a lot of fun. I love kids. I like yeah. Unless you have dirty diapers, but <laughs> beyond, beyond that. So we have children's ministry that we want to talk about today and uh, just kind of set the tone. Um, I have over here with me on my right, your audience left is Brian Weir. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So you've been on this before, yes. I believe, yes. once or twice. Yes. We got a chance to meet your wife on an episode and, and hear the story of how you came into the position here. It's been how many months now that, that you've been the director of children's ministry? Um, four. Almost four months. Four. Yeah. So your time is flying by. Yes. You yes. know, now you're in the thick of things. Correct. Right here. Yes. Ministry is launching. Stuff is happening. Right. Over here to my left is Sarah Richardson. How are you? Good. So... We love to hear from people at the church and you might be a new face to some people and maybe kids recognize you, but walk us through just how long have you been to church here okay. and what areas of ministry do you serve in? Okay. So we've been at fellowship for a total of 13 years. Mm -hmm. There was a five-year period where we went to church down in Shadow County because mm. that's where we live. And you uh, say we, so give me family, the context, yes. <laughs> give me the names of your family. I am married to Christopher. Uh -huh. uh, we just hit 20 years in June. Awesome. Yeah. And I have four children, Hannah, uh, she's a college student. Mm -hmm. Ian is 14, Jenna is 13, and then I have Henry, who's eight. Awesome. That's a yeah. nice range. Yeah. yeah. I have elementary, middle, high, and college covered this year. Cool. So you get... All of the ranges yeah. ready to go. Yeah. So it'll be a while for you to be an empty nester. So a while. Yeah. But you got good experience uh, with kids, obviously. So yeah. here at church, I cut you off. I'm sorry. That's okay. So where, you know, you've been at Shenandoah, you said? Um, We've been here. Here. Yep. And um, you, you said you stepped away for a time? Yes. So we, when our kids were really young, we went to a church down in Shenandoah County, mm -hmm. which the church plant there was... Much needed. That's awesome that yeah. we were able to do that. Um, and then we ended up back here about eight years ago. Awesome. And how do you, like, what areas do you serve? How do you participate here at FBC? My husband and I, Christopher, we teach fourth grade Sunday school. And then we are both Club 56 leaders. Mm. And I help with the clothing exchange. We do follow the star. We're kind of all over the place. All over the place. I love it. So... You've been doing the fourth grade ministry for how long also? This will be our fifth year. Fifth year. Okay. And Club 56. But I'll, I'll let either one of you guys talk about that. Just paint a picture for like what children's ministry looks like. Because, Brian, we did a, um, a meet a teacher lunch uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you were able to just paint a picture of what goes on in each classroom, in each grade. Um can you just give a, a, a quick recap of what that was like and what you shared for the, the 
kind of the vision of the ministry? Sure. So um, taking over from, from Charlie and following his lead, uh, we keep the same teachers through the school year hmm. um, and then give those teachers the summer off. And then we bring in a crew to, to, to teach and volunteer in the summer. And so that August 14th weekend was a time to bring those school year teachers back. And so we wanted to celebrate that. Hmm. And we wanted to also give the parents a chance to uh, meet the teachers. How'd that go from your perspective? I loved it. It yeah. was great. Because it's kind of like a newish idea, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an old concept of, hey, let's go meet the teachers. Right. But right. you're able to meet parents and interact right. with kids. Especially fourth grade and up, the kids are just released. And so mm. it's nice to meet the parents and have a conversation with them. Get a chance to get to know them besides yeah. just the kid, right? Yeah. Not put a put a face to the name of the email or the the contact list in your right. phone or whatever. Yeah. So so what else happened there? Keep going, sorry. I, no, I'm no, cutting no. everybody off today. Good. It's just it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, so what we did was is we invited parents to stay after church that day. We offered a lunch and um, just gave uh, an opportunity to just kind of explain to them the, the curriculum that we use and, mm -hmm. and what each grade level um, you know studies and so we went through that and just talked about our, our mission, our vision. And um, once again, we want to meet parents. Hmm. Um, our, our mission is to partner with parents. You can't partner with parents if you don't know them. Hmm. And so I felt like we just need more opportunities to gather together. This is Fellowship Bible Church. We should be fellowshipping. Mm -hmm. and so that, to me, that was an opportunity to, to do that as well. So it wasn't just meeting the teachers. It was also families meeting families. So I just felt like it was I, a good opportunity. I remember it. I mean, it was, it was down the lower level and we had kind of a bag or box lunch, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, there was about 200 people that were there, 200 plus, right? I mean, I'm talking parents yeah. and kids and <clears throat> it was, it felt like a, like a back to school or homecoming, like sure. kind of hangout time yeah. of parents and kids. And like you said, interacting with each other and then <clears throat> getting a chance to meet teachers. Well, did you have lunch with uh, your family on that day, Sarah? Yes, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. It was a little scrambling, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, it was nice. We uh, were able to actually have lunch in our classroom with mm. um, the first service teachers and cool. get to know them. So that was neat. Neat. So instead of looking back of what happens, let's talk about what we can look forward to. So you cast a little bit about the vision. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned partnering with parents. Like, that seems like a phrase that we talk a lot about here at church, mm -hmm. but what does it really look like, uh, especially for children's <clears throat> ministry? Um, for what, you know, what is your expectation with what partnering with parents looks like? Sure. Well, I'm going to say things that people have said here over and over again. Yeah. You hear Mark Carey yeah. say, you know, it's um, we have the children for one, maybe two, three hours a week. The mm -hmm. parents have them the other 167, 166 hours a week. So, and, and the Bible teaches us that the parents are the primary disciple makers of their children. And so we want to come alongside them. We want to partner with them. So yes, we teach them a lesson on Sunday mornings or even on Wednesday night at Club 56, but it's, it's the parents' responsibility to take that to the next step mm -hmm. as they're walking alongside them throughout the week, you know, engaging with them in the conversations. And so, you know, one of the ways that we're hoping to do that is just by sending emails uh, at the end of the class. Um, teachers have, like Sarah and Christopher, have sent emails to the parents to say, hey, this is what we talked about in class today. You know, maybe talk to your kid about this. Mm. Um, and so we're still, uh, I'll say, wrestling with what's the best way to do that. Um, we had sent emails in the past, and mm -hmm. um, we kind of wonder if they just get lost in the black hole of emails. And <laughs> Don't so, let things get lost in the black. 
not cold, <laughs> right, people. Right. It's important stuff. Um, and we've talked about possibly texting, and we've been also kind of uh, testing the waters there with with parents asking, would you prefer a text versus an email? Obviously, with the text, you can't get as much information in there. But um, this is something I think we're going to um, tweak throughout the year to try mm-hmm. to figure out what's the sweet spot to actually get the information to the parents that they need so that they can take that conversation from a Sunday morning, you know, into a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday into the rest of the hmm. week. So what have you done over the years, Sarah, to communicate? You know, if, again, if email, if females get lost, maybe they do, but what have you done over the last couple of years to kind of share the content with parents as a teacher? Well, we, we always try to meet the parents if we see them, out in the community or at a baptism or in service, we always try to meet the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first year that we've tried sending out emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have I really like the emails or the texting option because when my kids were younger, before I was a teacher, it was nice to know what they did in class so that we could further that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where we've been. We always encourage, we've invited parents to come down and meet us and visit the classroom. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, Brian, at that luncheon, you unpacked a little bit about what the content is, like mm-hmm. what the curriculum is for each class. But Sarah, just walk us through fourth graders. Like what, okay. what does the class look like if this is a fourth grader and they're going to show up? What, what happens in that 75-minute okay. time for your classroom. Well, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, fun is good. <laughs> we study the book of Acts, and our goal from when they come in to the, by the time they leave, mm-hmm. they will have studied every chapter of the book of Acts. Mm. They will have done mapping activities. They will have expanded their vocabulary, um, understand the church government, how it works. We also try to tie in historical events, um, Roman culture, Jewish customs, because Christopher and I really want these kids that when they have left our classroom, they know how to use their Bibles. Mm -hmm. They have learned kind of the groundwork of the church Hmm. and a little bit of church history. And that when they are in high school or college and they hear about Nero or Rome or any of those cities that we study that it just triggers something and it takes them back and it reminds yeah, them. Cool. Kind of a historical perspective. Right. And Acts is the perfect book to yeah. do that with. And Acts, I got to just highlight the connection here. Um, it's obvious, you know, last week we launched the series of our entire sermon series in the book of Acts. So you're going to be a key person here that we a resource that families can connect with, especially for fourth graders, that you're going to be going through the book of Acts. It'll be, here's a, we can have a debate here and, and a game of who's going to be going through the book of Acts faster. Definitely is it has. going to be fourth graders <laughs> or is it going to be Mark Carey in the pulpit from week to week? So, but it's going to be cool because parents will be learning that instantly at the same time that your fourth grade class, now not every class in children's ministry is going through Acts, but it's neat that you're here with us to share that you guys are going through that. If you have a fourth grader this year and possibly next year, you have a unique opportunity to really study the Bible with your family mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're going to be unpacking that as an entire church, which is great. Yeah. So walk us through, without kind of going through the details of each one, Brian, like what are some other curriculum 
courses and I guess not course, but classes that the kids are going through. Sure. So we start out in preschool, um, twos, threes, and fours, mm-hmm. also known as the dolphins, uh, turtles, and seahorses. Okay. Um, Special so, names. Yes. <laughs> so um, they are all, um, each week is a lesson. It's a Bible story lesson, right? It's a Bible story, a character, and there's some principles surrounded mm-hmm. by that. And one little tweak that we made this year was in the past, um, there were three um, different sets of lessons. So the twos would do Old Testament part one, threes would do Old Testament part two, and then the fours would do the New Testament. And so one of the things that we had heard from parents is that, you know, if I have three, four, five kids and they're all doing different lessons, sometimes that after church conversation mm-hmm. is difficult. So mm-hmm. how can we streamline that? Like you said, if the whole children's ministry was doing acts, that would be ideal. Well, mm-hmm. we weren't in a position to do that, but in preschool, we were in position to, to let the twos, threes, and fours all have the same curriculum this year. So they're mm-hmm. all doing the same stories. They're all doing the same lesson, the same crafts, different mm-hmm. teachers, different classrooms, but it allows us to kind of streamline things a little bit at the, at the preschool level. Mm-hmm. Um, once they get into the elementary age, kindergarten and first grade, once again, it's a lot of Bible stories, a lot of character um, stories, just a little more in-depth, um, getting more into um, hands-on activities um, with them. And then once you get into second grade, it's all about the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's learning why where the Bible came from, you know, that it's the inspired Word of God and, and you know, things like that. So, uh, that's the second grade curriculum. The third grade is all about Jesus. It goes through the Gospels and talks about Jesus as king, Jesus as um, you know, the miracle worker. Mm-hmm. And so that's third grade. And then that sets them up for fourth grade where mm-hmm. it takes them into Acts. Mm-hmm. And then fifth and sixth grade is a little bit of a conglomerate, um, different pieces. It's really teaching the kids how to, to study the Bible, how to use the Bible. So they're starting out with the book of Jonah and they're learning how to basically do a Bible study, mm-hmm. you know, to look at the, the big picture and then kind of dive in and look at the details mm-hmm. and, and, and really learn how to study the Bible. And there's some apologetics pieces to that that they'll get into later in the year. So that's that's a lot. Picture. I yeah. mean, that, that, and, and it's a little progressive. Like Correct. you can kind of see the plan of. By the time you get to fifth and sixth grade, there's hopefully some tools and some right. foundational truths that they've been learning, and now they're getting into apologetics and right. getting into learning how to study scripture on their own. Exactly. When if you're a dolphin, you're you're just kind of <laughs> getting you know get right. your feet wet, right? Yeah, like yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know. My kids are a little bit older now, 17 and 20, but I've went through these mm-hmm. processes as a parent. Um, and, and I typically would just get in the car after church and say, what'd you learn? Right. You know, yeah. what suggestions do you guys have for parents of what they can do and how to engage their kid, especially right after church? Because it's fresh in their head. Sure. I'll ask both of you guys. Ahead, that. <laughs> okay. Um, so... We do the same thing, you know, lunch, dinner, you're like, so what was class about? And, you know, my favorite story was when Henry was three and or four and he came from home and he told us that the firefighters put out the burning bush. Um, there's, <laughs> there's always something lost in translation, yeah. <laughs> especially with the younger kids. So the handouts um, were always helpful for me as a parent. And mm-hmm. now I think we're kind of shifting more towards emails or texts. Okay. But review that information and work on those memory verses. Take a picture of it with your phone. Um, put it in a little dash of your car. Hmm. Just something so that you see it and remember. Um, and then I, I try to, with my own kids... Um, Henry is studying Jesus this year because he's in third grade. Mm-hmm. So... Um, because we homeschool, I have the luxury of being able to add in some Bible studies, mm. and we will be studying the Gospels as his Bible curriculum. And so if you're in that kind of position, or you can do that in 
your family time, that's, mm. that's a great option to kind of mm-hmm. further those studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. What kind of things do you, would you suggest that parents can do or ask, questions that they can ask their sure. kids? Yeah, no, we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? We get in the car and ask about the lesson and just try to challenge them. Okay, what else? What does that mean? I mean, to me, our kids are a little older. And so to me, it's you know, what does that mean in your life? How do you apply that to your life? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's one thing to get the knowledge, but then, okay, so what do you do with that knowledge? And how do you act that out in your life? And how do you apply that when you go to school tomorrow or whatever yeah. the situation is? And maybe bring it back. Maybe something happens on a Wednesday or Thursday sure. right. and there might have been some sort of truth that you guys right. have talked about and you can bring it back and make an application Absolutely. or a teachable moment, as John Avery might say, yep, um, and be able to, yeah, that's, that's discipleship, right? That's, yeah. that's what's going on, you know, yeah. and parents, you, we're all in that world of being a parent with kids. Mm-hmm. We're the primary disciples, disciple right. makers of our kids, yeah. right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you mentioned memory verses. Um, so what does that look like? Is that a weekly thing? Is it a monthly thing? Like what kind of memory verse, um, opportunities are there for kids and parents? At least for our class. Mm -hmm. uh, There is a memory verse for 10 out of the 12 weeks for each quarter. Okay. And we we do not require the kids to learn them. We just encourage them to learn. And we have a chart and they get a sticker. And if they get five verses, they get a prize. Each class has done it differently. Mm -hmm. I know giant candy bars were a big hit. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, With my kids or... um, I, each teacher kind of does it their own way. Hmm. How do you how do you know that they've memorized it? Do they come to class and they, they, they do they to come to you it. and then they say, "Hey, here's my memory verse." Yes, and recite it. Yeah, I don't make them say it in front of the whole class. Okay, but they do have yeah. to recite it to one of us. Yeah, neat. Yeah. So, um, just again, I'm just focused here on this partnership with parents mm-hmm. idea. Um, are there other opportunities that Brian you can envision? I mean. Maybe it's not in the plans yet, but how else can parents pursue the church? Sure. Never mind the church attempting to pursue the parents <laughs> via emails or right. texts or handouts or whatever. But what what would the vision look like in your mind for a full collaboration of church, parent, uh, disciple making uh, ministry for kids? Sure. Um yeah, I think the opportunity that we offer with the luncheon after church, we want to do more of that. Obviously, we're not going to do it every week or even every month, but we're already having that conversation. What's next? What's the next thing? What's the next opportunity that we can offer for parents and mm-hmm. teachers to come together and, and fellowship and once again, just build those relationships? Um, you know, communicating with the emails, that's a, that's a step in the right direction. But as you said, if we're strangers, you mm-hmm. know, or how, how serious are you going to take that message? But mm-hmm. if you know someone and you respect them, mm-hmm. you're more likely to read that email and spend time with it with your kids. So it's really just building those relationships relationships and just providing more opportunities for that. Um, like Sarah said, we don't require parents to pick up their children from fourth grade and above, hmm. but that doesn't mean you can't come down, right? Parents of fourth graders and, and up, you can come down and, and meet the teachers after after church. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger kids, obviously we require that with the pickup tag, but you know, yes, it's a little hustle and bustle there at the end with trying to get the, the kids checked in and checked out, but you know, take five minutes if you want to talk to the teacher. Yeah. Um, we, we're there. Yeah. Um, Which I will say when you're saying all that security is first and foremost sure, at absolutely. everyone's on everyone's mind. And absolutely. so the check-in process is there for a reason. The teachers, the more you get to know the parents is going to be helpful when it comes to security right. and you've got the tags. Um, and so Sunday mornings can be busy, can be right. chaotic. And, right. and yes, just trust us in that capacity. Sure. Because I, I mean, I have seen 
some parents, especially if they're newer, not really knowing the church, mm-hmm. okay, being a little leery. And sure. so if you're watching or listening, just know that there is major systems in place. And if you want to learn more, you can track down <laughs> Brian to yeah. ask him like all the details of that. But just sure. as you're saying that, it makes me know, yeah. okay, that we do a great job with that. Sure. Just a little self-promotion about security. Yeah, but I agree. Um, let's change the subject just a bit. We've been talking primarily specifically about Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. right? And the ministry that goes on sure. around Sunday morning. What other children's ministry opportunities are there? Mm-hmm. I've heard you say Club 56. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know, what is Club 56 and who is that for? I kind of explain it like junior youth group. Okay. It meets uh, the first and third Wednesdays and part-time youth group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it m- models youth group in that we have a lesson and then we break into small groups and the kids get an opportunity to get to know their leaders and kids in fifth and sixth grade. We use um, a character-based book mm. um, and Brian, I'll let you tell more about your plans for that. Um, and then we tried to do in the small group extend those lessons or do um, object lessons or a craft or just something to kind of reinforce those lessons with the fifth and sixth graders. And fun, right? Yes. Yes. They play games, they have game time and Uh snack and... Right. Kind of, yeah, like you said, the the mini, like stepping stepping stone to get to youth group, right? And one of the things we did, we had our kickoff, um, we invited parents. Once again, it's just partnering with parents, just having them come in the room, Mm -hmm. see what it's like. Once again, meet the small group leaders, Mm -hmm. um, just so they know they're not just dropping their kids off on a Wednesday night. They can actually look and feel and see. And we took several minutes to go through the, like you said, the the images that we're going to cover and gave them a handout. So they have a list of those things. So once again, when the kids come home, they can say, oh, what image did you study tonight? And what was the principal there? And Mm -hmm. and so um, once again, just continuing that partnership with parents. And you said it's the first and the third. third. So it's going to be coming up this coming Wednesday would be the next, the second one of the launch. Yeah. On the 21st. Right. So just if you missed the first one, come come on back for the second one. It's easy to to get plugged in. Um, What other ministry opportunities? I know there's music and uh, worship that happens with children. Yeah. So if you've been here for a while, you're familiar with kids and worship. And Karen Samire led that for many years. And as Karen stepped down, we were trying to figure out what does life after Karen look like? Mm -hmm. And so Cole McQuaid and Jules Libby stepped in Mm -hmm. as a volunteer um, last year to help out with that. And so once we got into the summer, we said, you know, how do we want to approach this going into the fall? So we basically took their, um, I'll say their passions and, and split the responsibilities. So Cole was leading the kids choir. Mm-hmm. So this is the actual children singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to be grades two through six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't include kindergarten and first grade because it is a little challenging. You have to read sheet music and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and rehearsals are an hour. And, and so we just we, we start with second grade through sixth grade. So Cole McQuaid, um, the first first one had 40 kids show up for that. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is they'll be on stage with the worship team and, and leading corporate worship. In a couple weeks. Yeah. I'll yeah. be there with them. There I'm go. excited. <laughs> so go. it's going to be September 25th. Right. Be on the lookout for right. kids right. on stage leading us in worship. And yeah. so they bring energy. Right. <laughs> they yeah. bring the excitement, yeah. enthusiasm. 
and yeah, I know Cole also yeah. does a great job. So that's his role so is that's the one the piece, right? Yep. So the other piece is uh, our worship leaders. So on Sunday mornings before kids go to class, we have corporate worship with with similar age groups, and we always have teens lead that. Um, and one of the things I felt like we could uh, improve upon is spending time with those teens and teaching them how to lead. And so we're setting aside time. Jules Libby is setting aside time to meet with them every other mm. week to to teach them to to be true worship leaders and not just stand up there and read a piece of paper mm-hmm. and just do the hand motions, but mm-hmm. engage with the kids. Um, the other part of that is um, we have a, a, I don't want to say new generation, but a, a new group of fourth and fifth and sixth graders that they want to lead. And so yeah. it's already getting them involved so that we can train them to be the leaders as our teens you know, graduate and move on to other mm-hmm. things. We have this other wave of kids coming up. I think we had um, 12 show up, and I would say most of them were in that fifth to sixth grade Neat. age range. So Neat. it's exciting. Yeah, and, and then even on a Sunday morning for you, Sarah, there's music and singing that yes. happens right. in the specific classroom. Right, and the um, kids' own student leaders mm-hmm. lead that, which is really fun to watch them over the year develop mm-hmm. and improve in those skills, and they all do a really good job. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's just neat to have kids involved in church. Absolutely. I mean, so as... As families are gathering in their homes or if there's just little times of uh, devotionals or singing times, you get to carry that over and the kids can get excited about church when they show up. I mean, story after story, I've heard of families when they show up and their kids come running back to the parents saying, I love it here. This is so awesome. This is so fun, you know, And, and it helps Honestly, it helps with the connection of that family Absolutely. and those parents mm-hmm. into the church and into the body life. I got to conclude with maybe a story or two. You know, so give give me your perspective, Sarah, of over the years of doing this. How have you seen God work in your little classroom with a kid, maybe even with yourself? What stands out? Hmm. I think what has been the best part of teaching um, Sunday school with my husband is we've just had a lot of fun doing it as a couple together. Um, we have learned together and, but it, it continues outside of the classroom. It, it's turning into, oh, I saw this article on, I don't know, one of the cities or read this book about Paul. And it's been a great um, thing to do as a couple. Hmm. Um, we love getting to know the kids, getting to know their stories, um, and then seeing them in the hallways. And, you know, hi, Mrs. Richardson. Hi, Mr. Richardson. Getting to know their parents occasionally. Um, we've, we've made a lot of friends, hmm. which was an outcome we had not expected hmm. through serving in children's ministry. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. How about from a... From your perspective, Brian, I mean, you've only been here for four months on staff, but sure. you've been a part of the ministry right. for a long time. Right. What stands out to you of either a kid's story or your own personal um, be- kind of benefits of 
being a part of that ministry. Yeah, when, when you have a child come back to you years later and rem- remember uh, an object lesson that you mm. taught to them when they were much younger. Mm. Um, one in particular was in first grade. We have a, a image of the pot, a clay pot, right? So our hearts can be like clay. They can be soft and moldable, or they can be hard and, and not receptive to the word. And so one year I brought in a clay pot and I dropped it. And the kids <laughs> didn't expect it and it broke. And I don't know how many kids have come up to me and said, are you going to drop it? Are you going to break a pot again today? Uh, so, yeah. But they remember that. And so it's when those things happen um, that the kids remember those lessons. Hmm. It's like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's working. Absolutely. Like what we're doing is right. working. Right. And it's like little baby steps at a time, sure. progressing these kids more into maturity. And then our hope and prayer is that when they leave the nest, that right. they are continually sure. being connected. So this is a quick little plug. So I know, Sarah, you said that there's benefits of couples serving together. Brian, right. What are there any needs out there of the ministry needing volunteers to help sure. teach, to help serve in that way? What does that look like? Yeah, there's always needs. I mean, we are very blessed to have teachers in each classroom, um, but we're also always looking for extra sets of hands. Um, our numbers are starting to grow. People mm-hmm. are starting to come back to church. The classrooms mm-hmm. are getting bigger. So it's always good to have that extra set of hands in there. Um, and, you know, teachers sometimes can't make it either. They're sick yep. or they want to take a vacation. And so you need those substitutes to fill in. And I think there's no better way for someone who's already in the room with those kids on a weekly basis to step in than having some stranger come mm-hmm. in, you know, that they've never met before. So there's still some holes that we're trying to just fill with those extra hands and feet um, to help the Richardson's out. And so that if they need to take a week off, there's somebody that can step in with for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, we're always looking for, for that. Um, we're going to have uh, some new, a new couple coming in to help us with greeting. There's always need to have just friendly faces to welcome people, help the kids check mm-hmm. in and uh, new families get registered and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, and it starts at the nursery all the way up. There's always, there's always a, a hole that we could yeah. put someone in. Yeah. We didn't even talk about nursery. I mean, yeah, they they got all the little worship tools and singing toys and all kinds of stuff out there. That's one of the great things about nursery. I've never had my children in a nursery where they're reading them stories and they're singing Bible songs. It's not just childcare. Yep. Yep. Don't say that word. That is that is a no, no around here. It is not childcare. Right. It's children's ministry. Correct. We've been we've been ingrained with your uh pastor that you grew up with there, Brian, sure. Pastor Charlie Spencer said that a lot. Yes. So it's, it's ingrained in our church. Absolutely. Definitely children's ministry. Correct. Well, I think we've given a lot of information, a lot of dates, you know, we've got club 56 first and third Wednesdays. So the next one's, you know, next Wednesday on any given Sunday, just drop your kids off and children's ministry will be occurring. Kids own worship occurs. So if they're in that kind of middle school age range, get a chance to get some kids plugged in and allow them to lead. Um, there's the kids on worship you know, with the choir and singing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of things where ministry is happening. Kids can get plugged in, but more importantly for you guys watching and listening, it's the parents. So partnering with parents is still the key theme. We'll continue to see what that looks like down the road. Sure. So thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's just neat to get different, fresh perspectives of what's going on here behind the scenes at church. So continue to keep watching and listening. Next week, we'll have another episode for you for more ministry information of here going on at the church. And, um, you know, go to fbcva.org to get continue to find out what are all the activities and the events going on. Um, share this podcast with your friends. Let people know this is where they can watch and listen and learn all things about Fellowship Bible Church. So until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day.